0: to my left we have gw gw how
1: you doing here i'm doing swell, doing swell. well i um, it's a little bittersweet though you got to give props out sad day lois lane Margot kidder passed away today oh
0: yeah i forgot Sadness. i saw that. uh we'll start here with image comics barrier number three of five this is brian Mark marcar martin a very silent excuse me it's very special silent issue this is the first wordless comic ever to come from brian kivon or Marcos martin garrett i think you found your solution no more silent. Spanish. It's going to be a silent issue. We talked about it on the actual show. This comic is about language barriers. So in this issue... Oh, because she, maybe she's deaf from the, what happened in the end of issue two.
1: Oh, because so those aliens kind of destroyed her. Right.
0: So we get a silent issue. Do you, is that excite you? Because you know when we read that, there's a Batman and Robin silent issue that we saw a while back. They, every once in a while, they put out these do they try to use the medium to like tell you a story without any words. Does that excite you?
1: It does. I really look forward to silent issues. I mean, I think, I don't think they should be coming out monthly, but I feel like every now and again, like maybe once a quarter or once or a year, maybe a good silent issue is just kind of like celebrating the art that's telling this story. Um, cause it is, a, I mean, that is, you know, 75% of this medium is art direction. So, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it. When I heard silent issue, I always like smile or get excited for silent issues. I like because I too. think of that Batman. I think of that Batman and Robin Requiem issue, and I'm like, man, that thing was so emotional and no words the entire time. It was like, jeez, that was good.
0: Where there was a Hawkeye issue that Matt Fraction and David Aha did, that was all silent. That was good too. Uh, there's been tons of examples of it, but I think when it's done well, it's done. It's very, it works very ef- uh, effective in comics, uh, more than any medium. Uh, even so, like movies and stuff like that. I think a comic, like you said, uh, what you see is most of the experience. And so it's going to be very exciting to see what these two pull off because I think they've been doing a good job. I like, and for this book, that makes me excited with these two people. So, uh, Crew number two, this is Steve Rolando and Gary Brown. Uh, the refinery city of Blackstone is a new Russian frontier, stinking of oil, but offering money and sexual freedom to those brave enough to live here. Peter... Uh, Petrovich has come for revenge to hunt his son's killer. But what he finds is the most brutal fight of his life. Hey, Garrett, you know what I just remembered? I asked if you... What? Before the forecast, I asked if you were still getting this. I just realized I got issue one, but I haven't read it. <laughs> this, really? I forgot what this book was called until I read the solicitor. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, i remember this book.
1: I actually really enjoyed issue one. Yeah. Um, and while I was reading it, I kind of felt like... I was reading the story, you know, like the movie taken. And then I saw in the back of like the walking dead or something, like here's a preview of what's supposed to be the Russian taken crew. And I was like, Oh, crazy. Like, cause it's, I guess it's got a lot of influence from the taken series by Liam Neeson. And yeah, I, re- I, I think it's cool. It's fun. It's uh it's a father son version of that kind of story, but um yeah, I like it. it I think it compliments dead hand, which we're going to talk about here in a second, really well, like kind of that, Soviet Union, Cold War, Russia era kind of storytelling.
0: Uh, that cover looks great. That art look, style looks great. So I ought to uh, figure out where my issue one is and uh, read it <laughs> and catch up on that. Uh, Deadhead uh-huh. number two is Kyle Higgins and Stephen Mooney, uh, Cold War Relics Part 2. Uh, we talked about issue one on the actual show, and I believe we all enjoyed it. It, uh, it really surprised me. Cause I didn't know what this was going to book or was going to be about. And it really was different than I thought it was going to be. Um, Gary, looking forward to issue two.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to issue two. Uh, issue one gave me enough information and not enough information to keep me wanting to know more. Um, especially that, uh, spoilers, the first town, re- like the town that they live in is inside the old Soviet union. So that's very exciting for me that it's like an American town is, kind of pigeonholed inside the old Soviet Union. So I'm excited to see what happens next. And I love these covers. I think these covers look great.
0: Yeah, we're going to figure out why they have their American town. Is it, is it, are they raising children there so they become Americanized? Then later they can use them as spies? Maybe, who knows? Or is it just some sort of, uh, I guess I don't know what would it would be for. But it's very interesting. It's a very strange concept. And I it really made be excited to see what else is going on, so. Uh Dry County number three, this is Rich Tomasi, excuse me, Tomasso, and uh also doing the art himself. Lou employs a new gag writing technique in a teenage groupie try to try and track down Janet. Uh this book here, I believe we talked about it when issue one came out. I mean, it's a very I would say uh subtle book, very slow. Are you still enjoying this, Garrett?
1: Yeah, um the first like again it's not like your you know like the description's like your everyday crime series and it's not very heavy. Like I don't think it's very super deep. Um so that kind of part, I'm not saying that it has to be super serious or anything like that. It's kind of lightly played. Like the art style is great. The story itself, I'm kind of like why do I care? And they're trying to establish, like, how the main character really likes uh, this girl, and then she goes missing. And I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't feel, I I don't know. I'm kind of iffy. I'm on the fence. You know what I think like, about I enjoy this... it, but yeah. it's like, ugh, I don't know. I just can't fully just be like, oh, this is really great.
0: You know what I think it is about it is that these characters, I do enjoy seeing them interacting, and but it seems like it wants to be plot heavy with that plot. And it's it seems like it'd be better if this book just was about him trying to date that girl. And it's like I don't understand. I mean, I understand that he's trying to make it like a mystery type of uh, book, but I really do right. like the characters. But I don't like the I like I don't like them enough to follow. I like, I don't, what I'm trying to say is the plot's not interesting enough for me to fill follow that. Like, I'd rather this be like just a book about these two people and uh,
1: right, not have like a because like the the mystery parts always like in the back of my mind, like are they going to get to this? And then like slowly they are, but I'm like, it's not really needed. Like it doesn't feel like a mystery book. It feels like just like a slice of life book.
0: Yeah. And I think you maybe. I mean, I really enjoy the characters on that level. Like the main character. I like the way that I like the dialogue and all this stuff like that. So we'll see. I am enjoying it on right. that level, but it is hard. Like you said, with the, uh, interference of the plot. So, uh, this is flavor. Number one, the new image. Number one, this is Joseph, uh, Kenich and Wook Jin Clark series premiere within a strange-walled city. An unlicensed chef discovers a mystery that threatens to end it all. Uh, Join Joseph and Wook Jin Clark on this culinary epic adventure. Flavor, where chefs are the ultimate celebrity and food is the most valuable, valued commodity. The high-stake competitions of Hunger Games collides with the lush Miyazaki-esque world building in this delicate. Excuse me. Delectable new ongoing series featuring culinary consulting and bonus content by Ali Bonzari, renowned food scientist and author of the IACP award Wedding cookbook *Ingredient: Unveiling the Essential Elements of Food*. Um, so <laughs> I just noticed in the on the cover, there's a dog chopping up some vegetables. Made me laugh if you hear uh, heard me laugh a second ago. That's what it was. But uh, I do like this art style. It it looks it does look like a Miyazaki kind of movie. Uh, kind of almost looks like Loop in the Third a little bit, and it doesn't sound. I mean, I always like when I read. So I just read Solicit. It doesn't sound like anything I've ever read before. And I kind of like when I get those books. I'm like, oh, that sounds new and unique. Um, it just I don't know at this point in time if I can get another book. But if I would, that looks like one I would be into.
1: Right, and I feel the same way. Like if you know, I wasn't already getting a million books, like this one would definitely be on my list i read the preview and when i got done with the preview i wasn't like it didn't hook me enough to be like you need to read this book so i think it'll be a good book to maybe pick up and trade or to like pick up on like hoopla or the library but i think uh as a monthly series i could probably live without it
0: yeah that's what it seems like like on a a casual day off you pick this up on hoopla you read it have a good time it's probably gonna be a a nice book to read, but I don't know how much I need to read month to month. And you know what? Sometimes books are better on trade. Like some of them do work out better that way. So, Right. Uh, that might be one you're right. I'm going to check that out in Hoopla. But the art style looks great if you're looking for a new book that is, uh, if you enjoy food or uh, are a chef or like enjoy that kind of stuff, like if you watch Anthony Bourdain or anything like that, I think this is for you. So pick that up. Uh, Getting Falls, number three. This is Jeff Lemire and uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Uh. Last couple issues I've really been enjoying. It's probably one of my favorite new books. Also, Dave Stewart on Colors. Uh, Great team so far, and I think we're at a point now where I'm sure this book is something special. Garrett, what do you
1: think? Yeah, I mean, this is like a true – out of all the comics I've ever got, you know, some claim to be horror books, this is the only one that I've seen successfully actually be a horror book. Like there's others that have like, oh that's weird. Like yeah, that's very uncomfortable, but it's not like damn, That's horror. But this book, it like gets me every time. There's always a page flip or something that just makes me feel eerie, or scares me. Like that first issue, I still have that image in my head. Uh, God just got goosebumps. Um, uh, but I feel like uh, we got a little more exposition in issue two, so I feel like this issue can have some things kind of pay off from that exposition we just got. So and that kind of scares me too. Cause I'm like, what's going to happen next? I have no idea what's happening in the story. And uh, little by little, we're going to find out more pieces of the barn. get it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that's really what happened last issue. But I do like the way the last one ended. And I, if go back to the our review, if you have listed this and you're trying to understand what I'm trying to say, the first issue and the second issue have one element in both of those that turned this into what could have been a generic trope of a story and be like, Nope, we're not going to do that. And it made me excited. So I am really excited to see where this goes. So, uh, moonshine number 10, this is Brian Azzarello, Eduardo Russo, Riso, uh, mystery train part four. I oh, ran right this cover. That cover looks pretty good. And you tell me this book is about werewolves, right? And the moonshiners.
1: It's about a werewolves in the prohibition. Um, Basically there's like the mafias trying to get this moonshine recipe from this family. And this family is all full of werewolves. So um, a lot of, there's a lot of setup in the first arc and this is the second arc. So everything's finally, let's like, let's go like the story is accelerating really fast. And it's been a lot of fun. Like at first when it came back, I was like, I don't know if I want to get the second part. Cause the first part was just kind of like there. And now this part is it's really accelerating it's it's a lot of fun i think if you like a good werewolf monster book if you like that time era i think you'll enjoy it and it's kind of you know it's got a very gritty art style that's that's meant for that time piece so it's it's good book
0: All right, It's moonshine number 10 uh, coming up in dark horse comics we had ether copper golems number one matt kent and david rubin uh very good team a very good writer and artist uh, this is, is this the second part of ether? The ether I know any for a yep. while. Is this like volume two?
1: Yeah, this is volume two. And I'm so excited, except I found out that the second volume is only a mini, which to be fair, you know, volume one was only five issues. So they can probably do more volume sequels when they have time, which is fine with me if they actually do that. Um, the first volume was so much fun. Great art style uh, because, like, you know, I got a little taste of David Rubin before you guys did when he showed up in Black Hammer from this book. And, man, do I really enjoy the story that he's trying to tell in this Ether book. And, you know, Matt Kent from Department H, really love him as a writer. So I'm excited for this book. Uh, As of right now, this is probably my pick of the week just because you know, there's been such a delay from volume one to volume two. So I'm excited to get back into this universe.
0: This might be something I'd go back and get that first volume on hoopla and see and read it. Cause I do enjoy these two people, these two creators. So
1: yeah. And especially as they small contained stories, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to catch up.
0: Uh, goosebumps download and die. Number three, this is Jen Vaughn and Michelle Wong. Uh, this is the second mini series of Goosebumps books. Is that correct? Garrett?
1: Yep. How's it going? The second one. It's, it's pretty good. Um, Unfortunately, unless the Haunted Mask is in the next part, or the concept's good, this probably will be my last one, just because they're fun, but they're kind of original ideas, and Slappy's always the villain, and I don't know if that's supposed to be the theme, but I'm like, come on, there's like a hundred billion Goosebumps monsters, and you keep picking Slappy, so um, I wish there was more stories that weren't with him, but he's kind of the most recognizable Goosebumps monster, Um, so that's fine, but... I think as a whole, the series has kind of been like, it's been okay. Uh, It's about, you know, high school girls and it's not, it doesn't really get into their perspective really. So it's kind of like an outside glance of like high school girls. I'm like, yeah, I can't really associate with them because like, you know, I'm not a girl and like, there's no I'm not there's no way to bridge that connection between what they're experiencing as like high school girls so uh, it's very light story light plot and Slappy and Goosebumps is involved so uh, it's good but I'm probably I'm kind of excited for my reading of it to be done
0: do you think maybe is Slappy the main person in these books because like in the movie isn't he the main person on that one too the main bad guy
1: it could be it could be the case of you know like trying to dumb it down for readers so they use slappy but i'm like come on you got the haunted mask you got the horror land people you got so many people in that wheelhouse like people if, if you're getting people to buy a goosebumps book they know who the goosebump monsters are they wouldn't buy a comic book just be like "Ooh, i wonder what goosebumps is about
0: and that's like, like they're,
1: they're, buying, they're, they're
0: not <laughs> yeah. buying that book being like what's this goosebumps Right. I mean, maybe. There's a lot of kids that haven't I mean, grown up with Goosebumps. I mean, is it still going as a book series?
1: Uh, sometimes. And that new movie just came out in 2015. Yeah, I guess
0: you're going to get people to watch that movie and be like, oh, this is... Th-. So, I Maybe mean, that's why they have Slappy. Because they're like, hey, that movie has Slappy. And that's this is-. true. But uh, I I do agree with you. There's a lot of good ideas with that Goosebumps series. And if it was just about one of them, I, don't, I would be like you two. I'd be like, well, come on, where's the the rest of this?
1: Yeah. Like, there's so many cooler monsters than just slappy. So, but who knows in the future, if I see like, cause they are like three issue arcs. If I see an arc, that's like the haunted mask or it's got the mummy, whatever. And, uh, don't go in the basement characters. Like then I'd be like, okay, I'll just jump back in. That's the
0: thing with this too. Yeah. Three issues. They're all different. They're all different mini series. So you can jump on and off. So that'd be a good thing to do. Team and T ongoing. Number eight this is Tom Wallace, Kevin Eastman, uh, Brian revel, uh, kingdom of rats part two are, uh, TMT expert is on location right now. He's trying to find the turtles under the sewers. And, uh, when he gets back, we'll ask him how this book was, but how has this book been going here?
1: It's actually really turned around. You know, the constant joke on the forecast for months was like, when is the turtles going to be in their own book? And, you know, ever since the Triceratons got into this book, they have been back. And, um, it's been great, and I—I'm this new arc has them very focused, heavy centric in the uh, issues as well. So I'm enjoying it a lot, and I think that that's the strongest thing. Is like I want to see the turtles when I read TMNT. If I see random mutant animals, I'm like I don't really care. Like I'm not in it for them. I'm in it for the turtles. So uh, it's been really good. If you're looking for some strong tur- TMNT story with them in it, then this is it.
0: Uh, TMNT Universe, number 22. This is Paul Alair, letter Mark Torres. Uh, can Donatello meditate a truce between Ultrams and the Triceratons? if and accident both sides cause a deadly derailment. The fate of alien life on Earth hangs in the balance. Uh, you don't get this book, right, Garrett? You in your I
1: do, I do not. No. Nope. Uh, so us
0: our, uh, correspondent solo doesn't know how that's going, but I'm assuming this sounds like it's, a maybe part of the last story, if I'm correctly, that was about Triceratons, so...
1: Right. i yeah. a little more
0: extra for that, so if you want to read more of that. DC Comics, that stands for Detective Comics, uh, way back in the day, but not so much anymore. Uh, first, we have Batman number 47. This is Tom King and uh, Daniel, Tony S. Daniel, The Challenge Part 3. This is the end of that Booster Gold arc. How will he, the last issue, and uh, in, in a way, I don't know how they come back from it, but they might. Um, oh, actually, if you look at that cover... For my parents to live, I must kill Booster Gold. That's what's going to happen. It's Batman versus Booster Gold, who will come out in the end. Um, Sometimes, you know, this book reminds me. Sometimes you try to do a good thing for somebody. Turns out bad. And then, you you got to fix it.
1: (laughs) Well, not only does Booster Gold screw up, he screws up bad. Like, gosh. But this storyline is so much fun. This is like I, I've said before. It's kind of the thrills I get from Injustice that you guys don't like. Some of that you, like you've read Volume One of Injustice, but it's like kind of that. This is a totally alternate history, alternate Earth, alternate timeline. Um, so it's like no holds bar; anything can happen, as you've seen in the first two issues of this arc. So I think this is the last issue of the arc. I'm not for sure for certain, but uh, I'm super excited because it's just fun what you can do when there's no rules.
0: It's fun, but also it's uh, it's introspective. Seeing Bruce with his parents there, and then he still can't be happy. Like his parents in the last issue, I guess. For that cover, you can see uh, his parents died. So like, it's now he's being Batman again. Oh, by the way, he is Batman on that cover, which is weird because he wasn't Batman in the actual series. So, right, uh, Gary Gaines, Batman Sins of the Father number four. Yes, I am. And this is Crystal Gage and Raphael Linko. Uh, this is based on the telltale game. Is that correct?
1: It is. Yeah. But it's between volu- like season one and two. And I just finished season two last weekend.
0: And how's the uh, comic? Are you saving?
1: Uh, it? the, uh, the comic is okay. Like, I don't, I feel like they're just putting it out. Just be like, Hey, we have a telltale, uh, Batman. Um, the story itself is kind of weak. The art by Rafa Very good. um, so much so that some future projects he's going to be on from image. I'm excited to jump on and he's done some work on postal that series that I uh, read from image, but uh, I don't know. I feel like we're halfway through. I feel like things can turn around um, and kind of propel the story, but uh, only the issue with telling it's it's enough to take a chance when it's three bucks an issue. I'm still like, okay, I can take a chance on it even though probably the next issue that comes out will be three ninety nine. So we'll see.
0: Um, this book I actually decided Batwoman number fifteen it's Margaret Bennett, uh, Fernando Blanco, The Fall of House of Cain I was behind on this, and then they just announced that Batwoman is ending. So I think I'm gonna stop picking up in issues and start picking up in trades, since I'm behind anyways. Or read in hoopla. Excuse me, I'm gonna pick up in trade. Um, I'm gonna read in trade. And uh, but if you're getting Batwoman, there you go. There's uh, one of the last few issues coming out tomorrow. I believe it's ending in um August. Uh, Brave in the Bold, Batman, Wonder Woman. Excuse me. Yep, that's right. Number four, Liam Sharp on art and writing. Uh, That cover looks great. And I did hear, I believe you and uh, Alex were talking about this book, and it was just okay? Is that still the case?
1: It's just okay for Alex. Um, For me, I really love it. I think this is like a huge fantasy epic, um, like Game of Thrones style, but with Batman and Wonder Woman as your two main characters. Um, You know, it is very wordy. But I think there's just, you know, it's only six issues and there's so much information that has to be kind of delivered, but it really complements the art. I think the art is so detailed and intricate that the text that you're getting is helping tell the story to the best of its ability. So um, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I'm super surprised by uh, this series Um, again, we talked about it way back when issue one came out, like team ups, I think is the coolest thing ever. Uh, I love the crap out of that. So that got me amped. And then, you know, Liam Sharp's art is great and his storytelling is a little drier, but it's not enough to me to be like, Oh, I'm going to drop this. I can't read this. It's, It's boring. I don't think that, I think it's definitely worth reading.
0: Uh, deathbed number four of six, Josh and Williamson and Riley Rossmo. Did you get this book? Yep. Uh, this book is, you ever get the feeling you forgot something, you know, that nagging itch in the back of your head, it says you left the oven on or the fire in your house is on fire? Did you forget your name is Antonio Luna? Have you found yourself the target of an intricate web of light-threatening assassination attempts for reasons that continue to elude you? Maybe you're having trouble remembering the face of the ninja you killed last week in self-defense or quite possibly as your... Name Val Richards, and you have no clue why you agreed to accompany a dying lunatic on a suicidal suicide mission to have the most memorable death of all time. If any of these sound like you or someone you love, then you need to get the exotic jellyfish plant of the underwater underwater city of Wumba. Its toxins will make you re- relive all your memories, even the horrible ones you want to forget. Okay, so I was going to read that to be like, what is this book about? And uh, it sounds like it's just some sort of like fantasy uh, – we'll call it a uh, road movie road comic. Is that what it's about? Like to go trying to get these jellyfish to remember who they are?
1: Well, basically the main character, yes, obviously he's getting close to his deathbed. Um, and he's, you know, he's an immortal who's had all these greatest hits and he's starting to forget details or things. Cause obviously, you know, he's dying. He can't, retain his memory the best of his ability so this is him just trying to hold on to his memories and i feel like uh death's gonna win out um the first half of this series has been so much fun great art riley rosmo kills it and josh williamson's storytelling is really good too there's a lot of fun dry humor in this um but it's very trippy to say this is a linear story is totally not true uh you got to read from issue one, otherwise, it won't make much sense. So, But it's a fun book.
0: Injustice 2, number 26, Tom Taylor, Bruno Rondaldo, and Juan Alberian. Uh, with their immediate crisis behind, the Batman holds a meeting with his fellow heroes to get back to the business of rebuilding the world. But at a crisis at Wayne Manor calls him home. There's a rogue agent stone the loose, putting Alfred and Catwoman in grave danger. So now the cover here has Alfred gun to his head. And Batman running in, uh, is this R.I.P. Alfred?
1: Well, that would be stupid because it already, spoilers, was R.I.P. Alfred. So he died. He came back to life. And if he dies again, I'm like, so I'm not a big fan of this cover. But And plus this Batman, we don't know if it's uh, Bruce Wayne Batman or... Can we talk about it on the show at all? Did I spoil this?
0: Uh, no, but on catching up with Garrett, I spoiled it because oh, that's right, I put a picture. You put the image. Well, because I don't read this book, and I'm looking for a picture to put in while you're talking about it, and I guess you uh, told me afterwards that it was a spoiler, and I didn't realize it that I revealed to the other was it the other Batman, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's in there. So if you want to see who that is, go ahead and watch that video and get spoiled. But
1: so it's either Bruce Wayne Batman or another Batman played by somebody you definitely know who it is. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, I feel like this series is getting closer to an end. Like I'm starting to think they can't keep this going on forever. But each issue has still been great. Um, it's definitely leading to something. But I feel like we're in the last couple arcs here.
0: Um. Justice League, No Justice Number Two, Scott Snyder, James Tane, the Fourth, Joshua Williamson, and Marcus Tau on Art. No, excuse me, Francis Mandapoula and Marcus Tau. Tau, excuse me, on Art. The team arrive at Braniac's Brandy- home to find it already in chaos. Only by splitting up and journeying to the four cosmic trees of Kulu will they have any hope of saving the planet. But what's waiting for them will test the true metal of their new alliances. Uh, I really did enjoy issue one. It really did surprise me. It's a big action kind of story that I think we will get these four issues, like it's a big action movie, and then it'll settle down for the actual Justice League series. But we have great art from Francis Manipool uh, for these two issues, and I believe the next two are going to be uh, Jorge Jimenez, who also is amazing. So you don't have to worry on that front, and I really did enjoy the writing on that first issue. So I'm really, really pumped for this. And, I mean, it is a weekly series. And you know I hate it. But I actually was kind of excited when... I read the last issue and I was like, "Oh, I get to see the next part next week." Right. Uh, I mean, it hurts the wallet a little bit, but I at least it gets rid of that waiting that is kind of annoying when you're really into something. So.
1: But yeah, but I mean, when you're right because you're getting this kind of quality of content, and it's filling what you normally probably wouldn't get. You know. That's this epic of a storyline so uh, I'm very excited as well I mean that art style is great and like this grand story and you know there's stuff for new fans old fans like a lot of easter eggs and kind of funny quips that you're like oh yeah I remember that storyline or whatever so uh, very much excited to see what's coming next
0: yeah I know you say there's stuff for new fans and old fans I am curious to see if anybody else brand new really enjoyed this I know Alex said it was okay he really did he said it was like kind of like a seven, I think he said. Um, right. But I mean, I know me and you both enjoyed it. I'm not sure how much that is, though, that we like the DC lore more than he does. So I am right, curious. Right. We know if, these
1: characters, but.
0: If you're jumping in on this series and you do enjoy it, I am curious to hear what your thoughts are. And at 605 215 1849, drop his voicemail. Let us know when you think of Justice League. No justice. Uh, new Challengers number one The Scott Snyder, Aaron Gilepsy, Klaus Johnson, and Annie Kubert on art. From the pages of Dark Knight's Metal, Challengers Mountain has returned to the DC universe and chosen a new team of explorers. Five misfit strangers are given a second chance at life, but only if they obey the orders of the mysterious professor and execute deadly missions in the most unexplored corners of the multiverse. And if the new challengers of the unknown fail, it will be more than just their own lives that hang in the balance. Uh, Are you going to pick this up, Garrett?
1: Yeah, I am going to get this. Um... You know, I know that we've kind of had a bad track record with bad track record with Scott Snyder lately, but i uh have always wanted to get like kind of that military not necessarily i guess is in military but still like a book that's not about superheroes from the d c universe um so I'm excited for this, and this villain kind of looks like a red scullion kind of bad guy, so I don't know. I'm kind of re- I'm, fu- I'm ready for like an originalish story that uh, takes place in the DC universe that will still have big stakes and uh, seems like this is all about adventure and discovery and things like that. So I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Superman. The art
1: Team itself. Sorry, the art Team is pretty great though. Klaus Johnson. Yeah, and Andy. And Andy Kubert. So. Uh,
0: Superman Special Number One. This is uh, Patrick Gleason, Mark Russell, Ian Flynn, Scott uh, Goleski, Brian Hitch. Carrie Andrews on art and Jorge Man is on that cover. The promise: Superman's world is about to change in a big way. But before it does, the Man of Steel has some unfinished business to attend to. On Dinosaur Island, Superman and Forgotten Soldier of the Past takes one last trip together into the abyss of tomorrow. As Captain Storm now faces, now stands face to face with the world of today. This exercise special also features stories written by Mark Russell and Ian Flynn, with art by Carrie Andrews and Brian Hitch. Um. I'm going to admit it, Garrett. I, I, for me, in my head, I was like, I'm done with Superman after that last issue. I think that ended that run perfectly. I don't know why I need a special. But then this is, and that Super, Superman run, they stopped by Dinosaur Island, and it was kind of uh, a throwback to New Frontier. And right. Now this issue is going to be about that again. I really did enjoy that issue of Superman, so maybe I'm in. I don't know. We'll see. I guess I'll flip through it, and we'll see. I just don't like that it's... Why can't I just get the the uh, Patrick Gleason story? I don't understand. Right. That's the only thing I'm going well, to
1: the only thing I will say, though, is Carrie Andrews, who did that, uh, you know, I got that Lois and Clark cover of Action Comics 1000, yeah. like, beautiful art. Um, Brian Hitch, eh, not so much. Not my favorite. But, um, you know, I I am excited for this, only for the fact that I've been so upset and disappointed with what i've seen from brian bendis so far like this truly might be the last superman story in a very long time that's going to have the superman we know and love um and that scares me um but i'm excited you know dinosaur island you know that was very special the last time around like you said marvin um so i'm excited to see what the story has in in store but i um, you know, it's also very bittersweet for me because I'm just like, gosh, if this is the last comic in like how many years Bendis is going to write Superman, then I'm going to see the true Superman, which I don't know. I'm judging early. And so it just, hey,
0: they just a right feeling
1: Gary. I got early. What?
0: They warned you right here. Superman's world is about to change in a big way, but before it does.
1: <laughs> I know. And it's, it's like, hold on. Cause like everything I love about this character seems to be like, what the hell are you doing? So, uh, I'm, I'm ready for one last ride, uh, the true ride of Superman, and we'll find out what happens next, I guess, after that.
0: Wild Storm number 13, this is Warren Ellis, John Davis Hunt on art. Uh, John Lynch, once the director of I.O., the secret deep state agency that runs Earth is on the road, his darkest project, Thunderbook, has been uncovered, and he needs to warn the principals now scattered across America, hiding. But they were almost, but they were his most successful experiments, and none of them are completely human anymore. Uh, I get the impression that this is kind of be, we've had a break, right? There was a break between twelve, and now we're going to finish the that lap back twelve. Uh, this is kind of going to be—I don't want to say one shot, but it stands alone to kind of get you back into it. It seems like we're going to come off of the uh, discovery of twelve, and then we're going to move into thirteen and. I'm really excited for this book. Wildstorm has been a surprise. It was a book I told myself and I think I said in the podcast, "Gonna get a couple, but I guarantee you I'm going to be out because Warren else, for some reason uh, I like enjoys writing, but after like two or three, I was like, okay, well this feels like it's going to take a long time to get into, which this kind of did, but it, there was enough, right. there was enough per issue for me to be like, I want to keep going. And when it paid off, it paid off and it was good. So uh, I'm excited to read this and see where we're going with this story.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think that, uh, you know, making it this far into the series, like, things are only going to pick up from here, so.
0: I like that variant cover, Franco's, uh, Francisco uh, Villa. Haven't seen him for a little bit, but it's a good cover, and um, kind of just makes me excited to see what goes on in this book. Um, yeah. Marvel Comics, the uh, refresher of refreshes. All-new Wolverine 35 Legacy, Tom Taylor, Ramon Rosanas. Uh, how are we with, uh, is this still the old woman Laura story?
1: Uh, yes, it is. I believe this is the last issue, I think, of the entire series. So.
0: Oh, yeah, and then she's going to go back to be the X-23?
1: Yep. Um, so, gosh, I don't know, because Tom Taylor's been writing this character for how many years now? And uh, this storyline itself has been a lot of fun. And I th- I don't think you know you'd ever think wait like oh they're gonna make an old lady X twenty three story it's like yeah they did and it's been like I kind of enjoy it more than Old Man Logan for the fact that like she went thing she did things differently so and made better choices about her uh, oldness I would say for like her healing factor still works pretty well and like she still has a purpose in what she's doing not just like depressed and floating around so. I'm very excited to read this issue. If this is the conclusion, which I'm sure it is before X-23 starts, um, like, let's go. This will be a good issue.
0: Avengers number two. This is Jason Aaron, Ed McGinnis, Black Panther and Doctor Strange battle for their lives deep within the earth. Captain Marvel battles, death and destruction raining down from the skies while Thor, Iron Man and Captain America lead the valiant yet hopeless fight against the final host of dark celestials and Ghost Rider and savage Hulk Make brutal war against each other. Plus, you can't have a gathering in Avengers without a certain Prince of Lies now, can you? Uh, I'm excited to see if this book... I mean, I got so excited to come off of Avengers 3 uh, Infinity War that we're going to get an Avengers book, and I like the team. I like the creative team, and I did like the team team we're going to get. And then that right. issue one, and there's just one bad part of that issue one, if you go back and start a review... I don't want to spoil it, but there's one I thought at least bad. You really enjoyed it. So, I mean, I really did like it. So, I think if I can, if they can change that one thing, I think I'm into this too. It really does seem uh, more fun than it has been for a while. And I'm just excited to see what Jason Aaron does with all these uh, tools um, to tell a story. And McGinnis, I went in being like, I'm not going to like his art, but I actually do. I think whoever's coloring, I forget who it was he's doing a good job to make his art look less shiny than uh,
1: is. David Curiel.
0: Uh, were you excited for Avengers too?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, Oh, I'm looking at the preview right now. I, uh, you know, I too, coming off infinity war was like, yes, give me a good Avengers book that like is, could be as epic as Hick- Hickman's run. And I think this will be it. And yeah, I know you, you know, there were some comedy beats and whatever that we talked about on the show, but I think this has potential, especially with Jason Aaron at the helm to be one of the greatest Avenger stories of all time. Um, and yes, I know like I shouldn't bring up the other guy, but DC is doing like a celestial thing. And so is Marvel. It's like, this is awesome. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I, this it's just a cool time to be reading justice league and Avengers. Cause they're just going up against such big threats that it's like, Holy cow. Like this is so much fun. And, Ed McGuinness's art is very like crisp and detailed and again can be cartoony, but I, I like it. I think it adds some flavor to the uh, to the team. I just want to see them come together as a team, which we didn't really get in the first issue.
0: Captain America number seven of Mark Wade, Leonardo Romero, Howard Chicken and Rod Rice. Uh Promised Land <clears throat> excuse me. Prime Promised Land Part two. Um, Gary, you still this book?
1: Yep, I still am.
0: Oh you are okay. I read
1: seven oh one actually, and it was great. Like seven oh one like really surprised me how good it was.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see this last run of Mark Wade before he gets off and then Tekisi Coates comes on and uh if you read that free comic day thing, I think it's gonna be a good uh run from Tigisi. So if uh it's good time to be a Cap fan, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh I've on Romero's I mean it's sad that he has to jump off of this thing. And when when uh yeah. David Acuna comes on board, but I hope that he finds maybe a place doing uh, another book that has Captain America in it. I really did enjoy it. So. Has yeah, that it's, old kind of look to it's it. A,
1: right, and it's kind of like a, I mean, not to be pun city, but it does have like a legacy feel. Like it's very much honoring Cap's legacy from his descendants. So that's kind of, a, I've never seen a story like this before, and it's fun.
0: Uh, I know you're not getting this one, but. Daredevil number six hundred two, Charles Soule and Mike Henderson. The fallout from the shocking conclusion of six hundred continues, as Matt Murdock and Daredevil both rally—excuse me—rally allies in the face of an older, overwhelming enemy. Enemy. And how can? Well, how exactly does Wilson Fisk fit into things? Not the way you expect. Sorry, I got something on my tongue. Um, That's true. Uh, you know what I was thinking about today, gear. And with full confession, yeah. full confession. You know, uh, Marvin is uh, always behind any issues. I haven't read six hundred yet. That's where I'm at. And I saw this on the list. I put it on my list to get. But I don't know if I'm going to get it. Because you guys said you didn't like 600 or 601. Or 600, you both jumped off.
1: Yeah, 600, Uh, we both read. And I was like, all right, we're done.
0: So I'm wondering, do I read those two before I get this one to figure it out? Or do I just pick this one up and hope that I enjoy it?
1: I would say maybe read the ones that you have. Before you make, I mean, you could just read issue 600 and be like, all right, hard pass. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, I can't say anything because I like dropped it. So I, you have to kind of do a judgment call. But man, if you read 600, you're going to be like, whoa, that was so boring.
0: (laughs) We'll see. But uh, 602 comes out tomorrow. Daredevil is one of the books that I've been getting the longest. So I don't know. That's the only thing that makes it kind of hard for me right hunt for wolverine claws of a killer number one i know i don't think you're getting this gear but i just want to bring it no. up. uh the next uh mini from the hunt for wolverine so go and get that if you're looking f- forward to that event uh mighty thor gates of a hollow number one this is jason aaron ramona ramon perez oh geez marone perez is doing the art for this this is uh the last goodbye the death of mighty thor has come and gone but jane fosters power to inspire lives lose on and even in the far future, don't miss the tribute to Jason Aaron's epic tale of Thor and the Mighty Hammer, a millionaire drawn by racing star Jen Bartel. Oh, that's Jen also doing the art. And with or without Thor, the world, the war of realms continues, the mouth of the power grows, the realms will fall, and who is left to stop them? Eisner award winning artist Roman Perez kicks off the next stage of Jason Aaron's ongoing saga. So we can do two stories one in the future about Jane Foster, how people looking back at her, and what she did. And then one that's going to be Thor and his story after the end of Mighty Thor. I am really looking forward to this. Uh, I don't know Jen's art. Obviously, it says uh, Rising Star, so she's newer. But Roman Perez's art is amazing. He did Tales the Saints, right. which was the Jim Henson book. A comic that came out it was Jim Henson's like unpublished sc- screenplay. It uh, was great. Jason Aaron continuing his long Thor run, which I think we all agreed that ended in a great way. And now we're gonna get the I believe, like kind of third part, right? Because we had Odin's son, he became unworthy, and then, then Jane took over, and then now uh, he's still not worthy. But is he worthy? No, he's not worthy. Oh, he's not no, worthy. No, not yet. But Jane told him, uh, sometimes you don't need a hammer to prove that you're worthy. So he's gonna try to make a name for himself again, take back the name, and see what he can do. I'm really excited for this. Uh, yeah, I
1: think I think it's gonna be great. I mean, I. You know, there was times in the last couple of years where I was like, oh, I don't know if I should keep getting this book. But I think the last arc was super strong. And I think this will be a good epilogue issue to be like, hey, this meant a lot.
0: Yeah, if you are confused, Mighty Thor Ended. This is a one shot and then we get the new series next month. So uh, you can jump on board with this one, too, if you want to. Absolutely. Uh, Punisher number 224. This is Matthew Rosenberg and Stefano Laudini. Back in the U.S. of A, Frank Castle brings the War Machine armor back to the good U.S. A, better armed than ever before. Nothing can stand in the way of the Punisher's mission. Well, that is unless Captain Marvel and other heroes of the Marvel Universe have something to say about it. Uh, I bet you anything that, uh, if Alex was here, he would love that cover, but I bet you love it too.
1: Oh, yeah. God, I'm looking at the preview art right now, like, this book has surprised me the most, coming out of Legacy slash Fresh Star or whatever. Um Seriously, one of the best Frank Castle stories I've read. Um, and I think this new arc, him being in America, I get to see a Punisher story where he's using this new armor, um, you know, in the U.S., within the borders of the U.S. So I think that, uh, you know, I, reading the solicit, it's like, you know, the other heroes are like, whoa, you can't use this, like, this uh, violent of technology without consequences. So I think it's be cool that, He's going to be doing his thing that Punisher would normally do. Now he's going to be starting getting checked and balanced by uh, other superheroes. So I think it's going to get nuts.
0: Uh, Quicksilver No Surrender number one. I believe this is a miniseries. It doesn't say. And I thought Marvel was changing that. They were putting on there. It says part one. So I'm assuming that it's not actually going to be an ongoing. But uh, huh. this is Saladan Ahmed and Eric Quinn racing out of the pages of Avengers No Surrender. Quicksilver's super speed and abrasive personality always isolated him. But, has never truly, but he's never been truly alone until now. Trapped between the perception of friends, family, and allies, Quicksilver wages a one-man guerrilla war against a monster. He's not even sure is real to save a world he may not be part of again. Uh, this is from the writer Black Bolt and, Old Ma- and the artist of Old Man Logan. Team up to bring you a psychedelic survivor thriller unlike anything you've seen before. So uh, if you read that Avengers No Surrender and you want to read more of the Quicksilver, uh, Storyline going to pick this up. Uh, I believe I've heard it correctly. Looking from the feature solicits, this is a mini series. It's like three or four issues. So I'm not sure why they didn't put that on there. But uh, X Men Red, number four. This is Tom Taylor and Mohammed SR. Uh, how's X Men Red given, Garrett? I like that cover. Uh,
1: yeah, it is really good. Um, well, Tom Taylor hasn't uh, re- led me astray because uh, this book has been just a lot of fun. I think this is one of the better X-Men team books right now. Um you got Wolverine, Honey Badger, you got uh Nightcrawler, Namor's coming in, you have Jean Grey and like actual Jean Grey. And I think she was always meant to be a great leader and she's proving it in this book and um you can just feel how much all these mutants bond together and are trying to protect other mutants, unlike other factions that are willing to kill to protect mutants or so on and so forth. So, um, and so far it doesn't seem like crossovers are coming anywhere near this anytime soon. Second, they do then Garrett jumps off. But uh, so far, like the story, you know, might be ending in all new Wolverine with Wolverine and honey badger, but in this book, I still get more of them. So I'm very excited for this book.
0: X Men Wedding Special Number One. This is Mark Gutenheim, Kelly Thompson, Chris Claremont with art from Greg Land, Cresta uh, Marquina, and Todd Nook. uh Chris Claremont returns to the X Men. This is Kitty Pride and Colossus finally tying the knot. What's well, the wedding without a respective bachelor and bachelorette parties? Uh, join them as they go on a couple of parties. That's Mark Gutenheim doing the bachelor party, Kelly Thompson doing the bachelorette party. And then Chris Claremont to make the wedding story. So if you are, if you've been a fan of uh, the X Men comics for a long time, you're waiting for this wedding. Here we go. The day is Wednesday. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This is Boom Studios. Mighty Morphin Power Ranger number twenty seven. Kyle Higgins, Ryan Ferda, Daniela Di Nucci, culo Uh, back in, geez, long name. Uh, is this a Shatter Grid. What part shard Shatter Grid?
1: This would be part uh, four, I believe part four
0: as Lord Draken's power and influence grows. The power Rangers work with new allies from across time and dimension, including power, Rangers, excuse me, including ranger teams, such as time force RPM and Samurai to craft the plan to fight back. But is it already too late? Uh, Garrett, how's it been?
1: This has been one of the most fun storylines or crossovers I've ever read. Um, starting with issue 25 it's gone through that and go go power rangers and then i just read the free comic book day issue um what a fun book if you are a power rangers fan you enjoy the different generations of power rangers this is them all being squeezed together to take on an alternate earth tommy oliver um so yeah things are just crazy and the storyline is easy to follow um, it does get you very excited, um, and they finally put a timeline in the back of the book, so I could see what, how many parts there is in the Shattered Grid, and it looks like it's going all the way through August. Um, so, yeah, even that cover right there, it's like Red Ranger power. Let's go! Like I think this is one of the best storylines ever, and that's why it kind of like scares me that Hasbro bought Power Rangers because if they give that comic over to IDW, oh, it's gonna be game over. But this has been great.
0: <clears throat> this is the comics for May 16th, 2018. Garrett, which uh book are you looking forward to the most?
1: Ooh, I would have to say I was kinda of thinking about it earlier. I think Ether Copper Golems. Uh, that one I've been always in the back of my mind, like, God, when that but bo- when is that book gonna come back? And now it finally is. So I'm like, yes, I can't wait to read it. What about you?
0: I am it's you know what? When I first looked at this and I was I posted if you go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. I posted the books that I was getting, and um, I was like, oh, well, it seems like an okay week, but now that I'm looking at it, a lot of good stuff here, a lot of good stuff, so, but I'm going to pick uh, Thor, The Gates of a Hollow, number one, um, just because I, I, I really did enjoy the end of that run, and I just want to see uh, how this, I really like when there's a one shot, one's going to reflect Jane, and then one's going to move the story forward. And plus, Ramon Rowan's art is, uh, great. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Garrett weatherman's not here, but let me tell you something. I'm going to guess 70 all week until next, uh, Wednesday. And, uh, little clouds this weekend. You may get a little showers, uh, but it's going to be great weather. Not too hot, not too cold. We call that the Goldilocks right oh, in the gosh. Page. <laughs> How about them roads, though? How them roads are doing?
1: Um, lots of books coming out tomorrow. Lots of good books. There's a lot of milestone books, like you got the X-Men wedding. Uh, there's some different volumes of new comics come out, like uh, Ether, or, uh, you know, you're getting the beginning of the new Thor run. Avengers Issue 2 is coming out. Uh, some series are ending, like all-new Wolverine. They got that event with Power Rangers. A lot of image books are coming out tomorrow. You know, I think there's just so much quality content coming out. You want to get to your shop pretty early. Uh, make sure that uh, you got that uh, Keurig timer set up for right when you wake up so that you can fill your coffee and get going because those books will sell out if you don't get there quick.
0: Uh, I do agree with that. A lot of good stuff and a lot of smaller stuff too comes out tomorrow. A lot of good small stuff. So you want to make sure you get there early because uh, only a few issues on the stands. Make sure you're on the first Um and also remember, you know, I talked about a second ago the Goldilocks effect. That's a little. That's not too hot, not too cold. She went to a house. She found the porch, and she didn't want the hot one. She didn't want the cold one. She wanted it right in the middle. She was gonna go lay in a bed. She didn't like one it was too hard, one was too soft. But she found one that was great. Now, same thing happens in comic books. Sometimes you read one book too wordy, the other book, it's all silent, and uh, sometimes you need something right in the middle. Um, and that's gonna be a lot of good books that come out. So you make sure you get there and get those books. Actually, we do enjoy the silent one, so that, that analogy is fucked, so yeah, I'm done. <laughs> My name is Marvin.
1: I'm Garrett. Uh,
0: that's been the of Comics forecast. Uh, keep turning those pages. Is that it? <laughs>
1: Bye-bye. Keep, keep reading those books. I don't know what it is.